so we're kicking off a new series today called There Is More. There Is More. It's a, a series about sort of stretching where we are. Maybe you've seen something written somewhere. Maybe you've seen our tagline somewhere online or in a print piece and you thought, man, what, what, is, what does it mean to say there is more? What does that mean to, to really believe God for more? And I, I, want, I want this series of the next couple of weeks to stretch us and sort of let you believe that God's got something more in your life, that what God has done isn't all that God wants to do, that there's more for us. I want you to believe God for bigger in your life. I want you to stretch yourself beyond where you currently are. It's real easy to sort of get where we are and get settled where we are, but for the next three weeks or so, we're going to talk about God sort of stretching our vision and stretching our dream out. And here's here's what we're going to say. We believe that the God of the Bible is the God of more than enough. Say amen to that. God's more than enough. Now, let, let me go ahead and give you a, a quick synopsis because I just said amen and some of you are like, I don't know if we're supposed to say amen right now or not. I grew up Pentecostal, which if you're new to church, Pentecostal is a Greek word that means wild and crazy. <laughs> okay, It does. And so anything that you do will not scare me. If you threw a chair across the room, it wouldn't scare me right now. No, nothing would scare me the way I grew up. We won't do that here, but I want you to participate. So when I say amen, you say amen. Yeah, just like that. So we believe the God of the Bible is the God of more than enough. There you go. We think that God can do anything in your life. Here's what we're going to use. Ephesians says it this way. Ephesians 3 and 20 says, Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us. Come on, point to yourself and say, That's me. God wants to work inside of me. And when He works inside of me, here's what He's going to do. He's going to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. For the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the God who could do more than I ask or think. We're going to talk about the God that can stretch us beyond what we ask or think. And then you're thinking, man, I'm asking God for pretty big stuff. I don't know if God can do bigger than I'm telling you God can do more than you're asking or thinking. Some of you are thinking, man, I, I don't know if, if God can really answer. God can answer that. I don't, this seems so hard. I want, over the next three weeks, I want you to believe that God can do more than you could ever ask. Or think. Here's the first thing, if you're taking notes on the back of your bulletin, I hope that you do that. Here's the first thing I want you to write down. Uh, let's be thankful for what God has done. Let's be thankful for what God has done. But let's not assume that everything that God has done is all that God wants to do. Let's be thankful. There you go. There Pentecost will sit right over there. Let's be, <laughs> let's be thankful for what God has done. But let's not assume that what God has done is all that God wants to do. Let's just not assume that, man, this must be it. Have you ever had a case of the as good as it gets? You ever had a case of that? You ever looked around at your life and think, man, I guess this is just as good as it gets. Don't look at your spouse right now. <laughs> Some of you are like, he's talking about you. This is as good as it gets. The, the truth of the matter is some of us have looked at our marriage and we say, man, it's not a great marriage, but, it, but I guess this is as good as it's ever going to get. Man, th this isn't the job that I've been praying for and believing God for, but I guess this is just as good as it's ever going to be. I guess this is just as good as it gets. Or, or, or maybe you look at your kids and you think, man, I wish my kids would be in church today. I wish things were different in my kids' life. I wish God would, would sort of reach for my kids, but I guess this is as good as it's ever going to get. So some of you have looked at your, your life and your finances. You think, man, I wish my business was bigger and better. I wish God would bless. But, you know, this is as good as it's ever going to get, I guess. I, I guess I sort of look around and think, man, uh, th this isn't exactly what I want, but it's as good as it's going to get. You're, you ever looked at your house that way? You ever walked in your house and go, well, baby, I guess this is as good as it's going to get. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You look at your cars out in the parking lot and you go, who is that? And why is he driving that right there? And I'm driving this, but I guess this is... This is as good as it's going to get. Here's what I want you to know. This doesn't have to be as good as it's going to get. Say amen to that. 
Where you are right now doesn't have to be as good as it gets. Do we, let's not assume that all that God has done is all that God wants to do in our life. It doesn't mean you're not thankful for what you have. It doesn't mean you aren't supposed to walk into your house today and thank, thank you, God, for this house. I love this house. It's not, it's not everything that I wanted, but, man, this I'm thankful for. And walk into your car and go, God, this it. You know what I mean? I'd like a newer car. I'd like one that actually starts the first time. or You know what I mean? Just whatever. But this is, this is okay. I'm thankful for this. It's looking at your spouse. Come on, somebody, and saying, I love you, baby. You're perfect. I don't want anybody else but you. I'm helping some of you guys right now. That's what you need to go home and do. You're perfect. I don't want anybody else. It's not about not being thankful. But it is saying, God, I believe that just because this is what you have done, it doesn't mean it's all you want to do. Oftentimes, spiritual people, believers, sort of get to this point in their life where they say, man, I guess this is as good as it's going to get. I guess this is all that God ever wants to do in my life. I, I guess, you know, my spiritual life isn't as vibrant as it could be. It's not as a, a sort of, you know, life-giving. I, I don't feel God's presence like I want to, but I guess this is as good as it's going to get. And I want you to know over the next three weeks that this is not as good as it's going to get. That God has more for you. That we don't have to assume that just because what God has already done in the past, that, that doesn't mean that's, that's all that God wants to do in your life. Just because this is what I have doesn't mean this is all I'm ever going to have you know there was a time where you are right now is not where you'll always be sort of where you are in life is not where you'll always be in life you ever look back over your life and think man how did I get here you ever done that you've been driving home at night and you sort of just blank out somewhere you just go somewhere else and before you realize that you're in your driveway anybody ever done that raise your hands yeah I follow some of y'all in Bernie I know y'all do that you don't know don't know where you are you're just driving along you just get there and you think man how did I get there some people do that. My, my wife's car does that to the mall. It just, I don't know. She doesn't know how it gets there. I say, baby, how, what would you do today? I have no idea. I just blanked out. And $200 later, here, here I am. I, don't, I have no idea what happened. Did something just happen to me? Listen, a lot of people do that in their life. They, they sort of drive the car of their life, and then they look up one day and go, man, how did we get here? How did this happen? I, I don't even know how, how we got here, and, and hopefully this is not as good as it's going to get. Hopefully this is not it. Listen, God wants to give you more than where you currently are. God's got an abundant life for you. God's got more joy for you. God's got bigger plans for you. God's got more that He wants to do in your life. You don't have to stay where you currently are. Your marriage doesn't have to be mediocre. It can be incredible. Your job doesn't have to be good enough and just get by. It can be the amazing career that you've prayed about. Listen, your health doesn't have to be just barely getting by, but God can heal anything and work anything out. Come on, somebody say there's more. Yeah, there's more that God wants to do in my life. In, in, in ancient Spain, there was, the, the, there was the, the motto of ancient Spain before Christopher Columbus left. Christopher Columbus was a, a famous explorer. You know that. Explored the New World and, and, and is, is, uh, is credited with discovering the New World. And, but before Christopher Columbus left Spain, Spain's national motto was this, nay plus Ultra, nay plus ultra. They even had coins that were inscribed with nay plus ultra. And nay plus ultra was the national motto of Spain. It was on all the flags. It was on all the coins. And here's what nay plus ultra meant. It meant no more beyond. You see, in in that time, when you got to Spain, when you left Africa and you made your way to Spain, you had gone as far as anyone knew existed. 
You had gone to all the land mass. And so they would, they would say this to everywhere. And so all the, the Spaniards would walk around in kind of this, you know, arrogant way of saying, man, we've arrived. You've come to Spain. You've made it. You know what I mean? You've arrived right there. There's no more beyond Spain. And they would, they would write that everywhere. And they would, they, they would fly it on their flags. And when people would come in, they would be like, you've, you've arrived. You've arrived in Spain. This is it. This is kind of, when you go over there, it just kind of falls off past this. This is all that there is. And then Christopher Columbus left Spain. And he started sailing towards a land that he didn't know. And then, then he lands in the New World. You know the story. He lands in the New World. And then he comes back to Spain. Well, guess what? There's more beyond Spain. <laughs> there's, there's more beyond that. And so literally, the, the, the Spaniards would change their whole motto from nay plus ultra. They would drop the nay. And this is for, from then forward, their national motto was plus ultra. It meant more beyond there are people that are in this room today who have sort of left your life at there's no more beyond here. You sort of settled in your own version of Spain saying, man, I guess this is as good as it's ever going to get. I don't guess there's any reason to pursue any further. I don't guess there's any reason to push any further. I don't guess there's any reason to go for God any harder. I guess this is all there is. Well, listen, I'm Christopher Columbus, and I'm telling you there's more in this life than where you currently are. There's more beyond where you are today. Shout amen to that. There's more beyond where you are today. There's more life. There's more joy. There's more peace. You don't have to get settled in to where you currently are. There's no better example of sort of this life of expansion, this life of, of more than, than the Old Testament character of Abraham. If you grew up in church or grew up around church, you've heard about Father Abraham. Well, he wasn't always Father Abraham. As a matter of fact, when Abraham was 100 years old, God would change his whole life. At 99 years old, God comes to him and says, Hey, listen, Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. And Abraham says, God, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I can't be the father of many nations. I don't have any children. And then God tells Sarah, his wife, he said, Sarah, you're going to have a baby. And Sarah laughs at God. Now listen, here's kind of what I think happened. I don't know. Here's what I think happened. I think God probably told Abraham and Abraham, because I know how men think, he probably told God, listen, God, come here. Psst. I think I can still do it. You know what I'm saying? But Sarah is old, and I don't know if Mama still got it. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if Mama can do it. I don't know. I still got it because that's how men think. I, I, I got this. I know I'm 99, but Daddy's in good shape. I'm good, okay? But Sarah's old. All you men are laughing because you know that's how you talk to God. Sarah's, oh, I don't know if this is going to happen. And then they laughed at God. God said, listen, I'm going to give you descendants like the stars in the sky. I'm going I, I, to give you descendants like the sand in the sea. You literally aren't going to be able to number those descendants. There are going to be so many people. And then he, he said, he, here's the thing that has to happen. Listen close. Abram, for me to bless you, you're going to have to leave where you currently are. Abram, I want to call you out of where you currently are. And here's what it says in Genesis, the 11th chapter. Genesis 11:31. the Bible says this. So Terah, which is Abraham's father, took Abram his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarah, his daughter-in-law, that's Abraham's wife. And they went forth together from Ur, that's where they lived, of the Chaldeans, to go to the land of Canaan. Listen close. But when they got to Haran, they settled there. I want you to underline that in your Bible, in your notes. When they got to Haran, they settled there. God told Abraham, he said, listen, I want you to leave Ur. Now you got to understand, Ur is this metropolitan city. It's in southern Mesopotamia, and it is a remarkable city, and Abraham is a very wealthy man. 
And, and he's got cattle, and he's got land, and he's got ranches. Come on, ranches, somebody. He's got big you know, longhorns. I don't know. I think he's got longhorns. He's got, this is just so much wealth. And God says, you're going to have to leave all of that, and I'm going to show you somewhere. Now I can see Abraham sort of struggling through God. Listen, I love you and all, but I don't know about leaving all this. This is, this is a pretty good life. And God said, I'm going to bless you more than you could possibly imagine. Not only am I going to give you descendants, but, but I, the, the Messiah, the Savior of all mankind is going to come through your lineage. And Abraham said, God, I don't know. So he goes back and talks to his family and says, here's what God said he would do. God said he would bless our family, but in order for that to happen, we're going to have to leave where we are and leave the comfort of where we are. So the Bible said that Terah... Abram's father sort of leads the whole family. I can sort of see this go down when he goes to his dad and said, Dad, here's what God said to do. And Tara said, Son, if that's what God says to do, I say we leave. I say we give it a shot. We got nothing to lose. Listen, God's blessed us here. If it doesn't work out, we can always come back. Have you ever done that with God's promise? <laughs> if it doesn't work out, we can always come back. Come on, there's always a plan B. We can always, if this business doesn't work, we can always just sell and I'll go sell chicken. You know what I mean? I, I'll get another job. If this doesn't work, I told Brandy, listen, I don't know about this preaching thing. If I'm no good at it, I'll sell cars. Come on, I, we'll, we'll do something. We'll, we'll work out. And I can see Tara and Abraham sort of going back and forth. And Tara said, listen, if God's going to bless us we're going to have to leave where we are and so Terah takes his whole family Abraham and Sarah and they take Abraham's nephew listen close Abram's brother Haran his son is Lot Genesis eleven twenty eight 28 says something very interesting it says that Haran Abram's brother and Lot's father dies in Ur before they leave they're, they're, they're packing up to leave and they're, they're going to where God promises them. I can see the family kind of getting together. How many of you have ever moved in the past, I don't know, a couple of years? Would you just raise your hand? God bless you people that have moved. My God, everybody's moved in the last couple of years. I hate moving. Come on, somebody. I hate moving. I told my wife when we moved to Bernie, we, we bought a home here in December and we moved everything in. I told her, I said, whoever we sell this house to better like these clothes because he's getting everything I got. I'm not packing one thing up. We're going to be homeless for a season. I hate moving. And Tara's packing everything and Abram's packing everything. And you've got to imagine how difficult this is to leave all they know. Listen close. And then the unthinkable happens. I'm trying to follow God. And what God told me to do. And then Terah's son, Abram's brother, Haran, dies. We don't have any sort of story. There's no backstory. We don't know what happened to him. We don't know what went wrong. We don't know if he was sick. We don't know what went down. All we know is this. Haran died in Ur. And then Terah still left Ur. And the Bible says, interestingly, he says that Terah and Abram left that place. But when they came to Haran, listen close. When they came to a city named Haran, they settled there. It's very interesting to me that they settled in the place named after the son that had died. There are people in the room today that have settled in the place named after your hurt. You've settled in the place that reminds you of your hurt. I don't know what it was for you. Maybe it was the loss of a business. Maybe you sort of poured your whole life savings into this business and then it just crumbled right in front of your eyes and you think, man, I can't go on any further. God had called Abram and Terah to Canaan. 
But they come to this city called Haran, and I can sort of see what happens when they gather around, and, and Tara says, let's just stay the night here. It reminds me of my boy. And Lot says, let's just stay the week here. It reminds me of my daddy. And Abraham says, let's just stay a month here. It reminds me of my brother. And then before long, they've set up camp, and they live in the place of their hurt. And there are people in the house today who have set up camp in your life in the place of your hurt. You came to the front of a church and you told God this would be forever. And you told your spouse this would last forever. And it didn't last forever. And she left. And he left. Some of you know the excruciating pain of a spouse that passes away. Or a baby that dies. Or a mom or a dad. And the hurt that comes along with that. A divorce that tears your family apart, a business that fell, foreclosure, the house that you had dreamed of and had built, and now it's all gone. And if we're not careful, we sort of settle in our own Haran. We sort of settle in that place that reminds us of our hurt. I, I know God said to go there for promise, but this is where I'm reminded. And we settle in that place of, of despair and hurt, and I know what that feels like. Brandy and I, my wife, have been married 16 years this past June. We got married way too young, so don't ask. Don't ever do that. Whenever you want to get married, always wait longer than what you think you want to get married. And so the first couple of years we were married, we didn't know we were going to make it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> we did. Some of y'all been married a year or two. You're like, no, seriously, I don't know if I like you or not. I'm being honest about that. We didn't know if we liked each other. We sure didn't want any kids to like, okay? We knew that. We didn't know we were going to make it, and we didn't want to mess no little kids up. So couple of years into our marriage we sort of settled all that down everything got better for us and then we started to try to have children and the weeks went by and they turned into months and months went by and turned into years and two and three and four and five years and we couldn't get pregnant and then I remember the day when Brandy comes to me and says I, I think I don't know and we were excited and we were scared. You know how it is when you're going to have your first baby. You don't know what you don't know. By the time you have your second baby, you're like, whatever, dude. Go feed yourself. Get out of here. You know what I mean? But your first baby, you're all nervous. You're like, oh, God, I'm going to be a good parent, a bad parent. I'm not going to do anything my parents do. And then you do everything your parents do. God, I just, and we were just so nervous. We didn't want to tell anybody, but we, we tried to tell people. And we were like, ah, you know, we don't want to. And then I remember the day. And we lost. And then the weeks went by, and the months went by, and the years went by. And we couldn't get pregnant. And I remember the second time she comes to me and says, I think, and I don't know. And then we lost. And then ten years passes by. I grew up in a church, I told you, in a Pentecostal church where we believed God could do anything. I thank God for sort of that heritage of, of big faith and Brandon and I would pray and we would say, God, we just want one baby. God, it doesn't have to be a whole family. It doesn't have to be twins. I was actually praying against twins. God, it just, we just want one baby. We would come to the front of our church and we, 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 people would pray with us like we're going to pray with you today and people would believe God for a miracle and then we couldn't have babies. And we'd sort of suffered in silence for ten long, agonizing years. We'd set this sort of time line in our minds. We'd said, you know what, when we turn 30 years old, this is, this is sort of it. This is, you know, we're going we're gonna to 
just pursue adoption. Let me just tell you real quickly, if, if, if you adopted a baby today or if you're considering adoption, I, there is no better picture of the love of Jesus Christ than adopting a baby you didn't have to adopt. No better love, no better example of the love of the Father. I believe that. Come on, put your hands together. So we, we just decided, you know what, maybe that's what God has for us. And so literally, I called the adoption agency. We had already had a phone interview. We were already working. We were making the preparations because our deadline was coming up. Our birthday month, our birthdays are kind of close again. It was coming up. And literally, we just said, okay, God. We were too scared to go to the doctor. We were too scared to figure out what's wrong. We just, we just said, okay, God, this is the plan. And we were going to pursue adoption. And I can't tell you, but my hand to God, the, the, the birthday month, I promise you we had already called. I promise you we'd already had the conversation. And the month of our deadline, Brandy comes to me and says, I don't know. We, we, we were so in disbelief. I promise you I wouldn't lie to you today, not on the first day of church. I wouldn't lie to you. <laughs> we took 14 pregnancy tests. <laughs> That's a truth. That's an honest truth. We went to CVS's all over Austin, Texas. <laughs> Scared to death. We waited three months before we told anybody. Not a soul. We didn't tell our parents. We didn't tell anybody. Because we'd, we'd walked this road of pain before. Three months later, we go to the doctor. I don't know what to tell you. Except December 2011, I had a beautiful, healthy baby little girl. I can't tell you why or how. Nothing changed and then... Two years and nine months later, we had a wild little boy. <laughs> and we have two healthy, beautiful children. Now, now I'm scared. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm like, God, that's plenty. They only come in two kinds, boy and girl. And I got both. I don't need any more. <laughs> but I know what it's like to camp out in Haran where pain lives. I know what it's like to sort of set up camp there and go, let's just, let's just stay here. Let's just, let's just go. This is... This is enough. This is, I don't, I don't want to add. This, is, this must be as good as it gets. Listen to me, my friends. Haran is not as good as it gets. Don't settle in the place of your pain. Don't settle in the place of your hurt. You're not going to be defined by your past. That divorce doesn't define you for the rest of your life. That business failure, that foreclosure, come on, that loss, that funeral is not your last day. There's more life on the other side of Haran. The God of the Bible is the God of more than enough. God is bigger than your past and bigger than your mistakes. Some of you are saying, you don't know what I've done. You don't know, you don't know how bad it's been. You don't know what I've been through. Listen, it doesn't matter what you settled in. Just know this, there's more beyond where you are. And, and I don't know what happens, but at some point in the, in the conversation, Abraham says, guys, we can't stay here. And Terah dies in Haran. The father dies in the place where his son his name. And Abraham says, Lot, we got to go. We got to go on to where God has promised you. Listen, some of you have let setbacks sort of keep you in that place of hurt. Some of you have let hurt and pain and the loss of a loved one and the loss of a, of a dream just sort of stayed there. You had a dream, you left college and you said, man, here's what I'm going to do with my life. Nobody leaves college and says, boy, I wouldn't like to do anything with this degree. You know, all that money I spent, I'd, I'd like to just put this up and never do anything with it. No, no, no. And then you look back over your life 10 to 15, 20 years later. And the dream that you had in your heart is dead. And the dream that you put underneath your arm you, is gone. And I just want you to know that just because you had a setback in Haran, don't settle there. 
Don't settle in that place of your hurt. Don't settle in that place when God's got more for you. Some of you have been in maintenance mode. It's not necessarily that things are bad in your life. It's not necessarily that you're hurt. You've just sort of been maintaining your relationship with God. You've just sort of been maintaining where you are in life. It's not that, that I'm hurt. It's not even about pain. It's just... I'm just sort of numb to this life. I don't dream anymore. I, I don't have vision for my future anymore. I, I don't think about what's next and what's better. Listen, I want you to know today, God has more beyond where you are. You don't have to settle for what you've got. It, what God has done isn't what God always wants to do. Just because He's done so much in your life doesn't mean that's all He ever wants to do in your life. I, I want you to sort of stretch beyond that. He, here's the second thing I want you to write down. Whatever you need more of, God is the source of generous supply. Whatever you need more of, God is the source of an endless and a generous supply. There's nothing that God can't do. Here's what Philippians says. Our musicians are joining me back on the stage. Here's what Philippians says. It says, and my God shall supply. Listen to how Paul writes this. My God shall supply all your need. Underline that in your Bible. According to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When you pray today, I want you to know God isn't just scared whether He can do what it is you're praying for Him to do. I know some of you in the room today praying big prayers, believing God for more, and you're thinking, I don't know. Listen, the Bible said God can do infinitely more than you can ask or think. The God of the Bible is a God of generous supply, an endless supply. And Paul said He can do more than you could possibly dream or imagine. So listen, listen close, listen to me. So pray big prayers today. So why don't we go all in over the next couple of weeks and just believe God for the impossible? That's what Brandy and I did about a year ago. That's what our dream team, the people in t-shirts all around you, these amazing people all over the stage and serving like crazy everywhere. That's what they've done for nine months now. We just believe God for the impossible. We just believe that God would build His church, that it's always the right thing to build a church, to offer hope and life to people who need hope and life. Maybe you're here today thinking, I don't know if God can do this. Listen, God can do that. I, I don't know if He can do that. No, 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 God can do that. Here's what the Bible says in Lamentations. It says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Listen close. For His compassions. Another translation said, His mercy never fails. They are new every morning. And then the writer of Lamentations, Jeremiah, says, great is your faithfulness. We want to be known for this here at City Hills. We want to be known as the place where mercy's always brand new. Where you can always come here and get a second chance. Listen, maybe you went to churches. Maybe you grew up in a church where if you didn't get it all right, you weren't welcome. Look around. Nobody here has it all right. This house will always be a place of second and third and fourth chances. We are not consumed, not because we're so good or we have it all together. The people on this stage, the people serving all around this house, they don't have all the answers. No, no, no. We're not consumed because of what we do or anything that I earn. I'm not consumed because His mercy and His compassion never fails. His great love for us has called you to City Hills today. Some of you are here today thinking, I don't even know why I came. I don't even know how I got here. Uh, my car just sort of went. I, just, I had a friend who invited me. I got a mail. I just thought I'd check it out. Listen, I know why you came today. Some of you need to give church another chance. Some of you need to give, need to give grace another chance. Some, some of you just need to come to God and go, God, I don't have all the answers. I don't know, but I just feel like I'm in maintenance mode. I'm not stretching. I'm not believing God for more. I've given up. 
Some of you are living in your own version of Spain saying, well, I guess this is as good as it's going to get. No, 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 no. There's more beyond where you are. Some of us are living in our own version of Haran, just sort of in that place of hurt and pain. We just stop there on our journey. God says, I want to stretch you beyond where you are. I want to take you past there to the promised land. Here's the thing I want you to know. It's not about, listen, I want you to move out the old so you can make room for the new. It's not about supply. Listen close. God's business is supply. Our business is space. You and I have to move out the old so we can make room for the new. God's business is supply. God can do anything. Anything's possible with God. And so you come to church like this. You come to a place like this. It tells you that miracles can still happen. That God still has more for you. That anything can happen in God's presence. And so God is our source. You say, okay, God, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. And, and so you start to get filled up. And you start, to, you start to think, man, I better stop right there. That must be all I can get. And then here's how some people live. They live their life saying, this is all I got. Let me hold on to what I got. Let me make sure I don't let go of what I got because this may be as good as it gets. Let me hold on to what God's done in my life. I'm going to even hold on to my pain because I know God was there in that pain, but I'm just going to hold on to it. I'm going to nurse this. I'm going to babysit this. I'm not going to dream again. I'm not going to have bigger visions for my marriage, for my life, for our home. I'm just going to hold on to what God's got. And listen, here's the problem with that. If you hold on to this, all that you can contain is inside of this container. Every time you go back to God, God says, I would love to do more, but you're all filled up. This is all that you have room for. Listen, here's what you and I have to know. When we start making room, when we start pouring out and saying, okay, God, I'll pour out that. I'll make room for that. God, I'll make room in my life for that. God, I'll pour out some hurt. I'll pour out some pain. And then we come back to God and God says, I still got supply. You don't have to worry about supply. I've still got room for you. I've still got supply. And then we come back and we go, okay, God, I'm going to pour out what I got now. And I'm going to keep pouring. I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to keep showing up. I don't understand everything, but I'll come back and I'll make more room. And God says, if you'll make more room, listen close. If you'll make more room. I've got more supply. Supply is God's business. Space is ours. So here's my invitation. Over the next couple of weeks, and really over the life, the next couple of decades, while we pastor this amazing church that's going to change the hill country, this move of God, this outpouring of God's Spirit in the hill country, listen close. We're always going to ask you to make space, to make room for more. That's what this whole church is built around. Making room for more. Making room in our hearts for more. My invitation to you today is to pour out some of that old and make room for more. Here's what Leviticus says in Leviticus 26 and 10. This is amazing. He said, you will still be eating last year's harvest when you have to move it out and make room for the new. There's some of us who have hoarded last year's harvest. The last prayer that God answered. The last time God gave you dreams. The last time that God gave you a miracle. We've hoarded that. And here's what the writer of Leviticus says. He said, you're going to still be eating last year's harvest. And you're going to have to go, i got to move this out. i got to move out where I am and make room for the new. i got to pour out of myself. i got to make space in my heart for the new. And that's our invitation to you. That's our invitation along this church is that there's more that God wants to do. I believe there's more that everybody here. Maybe there are people in the room who've served God for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. And you're in church today thinking, man, I don't know. I promise you there's more. I promise you there's more.
There, there are people here, here today just coming back to church, just coming back to God going, I don't know if this will work. I don't even know if I believe all this. Listen, you don't have to believe at all to belong here. You don't have to believe at all to belong here. There's a space here. You, As long as you'll open up your heart and say, God, I don't understand, but I'll pour out what I've got. And God's got more for you. Would you bow your heads? Why don't you do this? Why don't you stand all over the house? Everybody's heads are bowed. Everybody's eyes are closed. Thank you for coming to church today. I've held back tears all morning. I haven't held back some. What an honor to have you. Now, Lord Jesus, there are people in the room today that are in two camps. Some of them are living in their own Spain where they just assume this is as good as it's ever going to get. I guess this is all God wants to do. I guess this is, this is sort of my own, you know, we're kind of at the end of the earth. This is, you know, when you get here, I guess you just get it all. And I want them to know there's more beyond where they are. I want people in the room today who have decided, you, you know what, I, 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 think, I guess this is all that God has for me. No, 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 there's more that God has for you. That there are believers in the room today who quit dreaming of faraway lands. I pray that you would reignite vision in their heart. I pray that you would open their spirit to believe God has more. God, I pray for people who are living in that Spain, and that Spain in their life where they say, I guess this is as good as my marriage is going to get. No, God, you have an incredible marriage for them. God, I pray for people who are living in Spain in their life and their business and their finances say, well, I guess it's... No, 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 it's going to get better than this. God's got more for you. It's not about prosperity. It's about God causing you to dream again. I pray for people whose dream has died at college, at, at the altar. God, I pray for people, the second group of people in this room today who have decided to settle in their own Haran. They're just settled there. They're just settled there. This is the place named after my hurt. God, there are families here who have been broken apart and it hurts so desperately bad. That divorce changed the course of their life. They were headed towards promise and they've just settled there. There are people in the room today who lost a loved one, who stood at the casket of a loved one and literally their whole life tilted on an axis and they settled in the place of their hurt. They're people who have invested their lives into a business, into into believing that God can do it, and then it falls apart, and they lose a home, they lose a business. I pray for people who've settled in the place of their hurt, that there's more beyond, that you don't have to end there. This isn't where God brought you to. God's called you to more. Now everybody's eyes are closed. Everybody's heads are bound. Come on, if you'll just do that real quick. If you fall in one of those two camps today, if you're thinking, man, I, I know what it's like to just get complacent. I know what it's like to get in a mediocre relationship with God. I'm there right now. I don't feel like I have any sort of life. But you just raise your hand and say, man, that's me. Nobody's looking. Nobody's looking. Come on, hands are up. I see you. I see your hands are up all over the house. Come on, I see you. Thank you. Keep your hands up. Nobody's looking. I see you. I see you in the back. Thank you, my friend. Now put your hands down. If you're in the house today and you know what it's like to settle in the place of your hurt, at divorce, at funeral, at bankruptcy table, at loss, at horrific, gut-wrenching, heartbreaking moment. 
Would you just raise your hand and say, man, I know what that's like. Come on, hands are up on high. Hands are up high. I don't know what you're comfortable with, but if you'll just raise your hands or just kind of just open your hands like a funnel. You don't have to do much and keep your eyes closed. I'm going to pray for you. And I can't, I can't pray this prayer for you, but I can pray it with you. So in your own way, would you just pray something like this? Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my heart today. God, I believe that there's more for me. God, I believe that you have more in my life. I don't believe I'm called to settle where I am. God, I'm feeling mediocre. I feel like I haven't moved beyond. God, I haven't dreamed in years. God, I haven't, I haven't felt this sort of life in years. I came to church today feeling dead and lifeless, and I walked into God's Father, and it felt like a breath of fresh air filled my lungs again. Father, I pray that you would breathe life back in me. Father, I pray for those who have settled in their place of hurt today. Come on, you're praying just like this, God. I pray for those who settled in their place of hurt today. God, those who have decided this is it. I guess this is, as, this is as far as I can go. I can't go beyond that funeral. I can't ever get past beyond that divorce. No, no, no. God's got more for you. Come on, pray that way. God, take me out of my place of hurt. God, I know that you didn't mean for me to settle in Haran. You didn't mean for me to settle here. You, you didn't mean for me to settle in this place where, where I named after my hurt but there's more beyond there's life beyond this there's love to still be had there's families to still build there's dreams that you still have inside of me there's another business you want me to build come on there's another great marriage that you have for me this isn't the end for our family I know I'm raising these boys alone I know I'm raising my kids alone but this isn't the end this isn't the end of my story there's more for me come on every hand in the building raised high to heaven now now Jesus I pray that every room Every single heart would make room, would pour out themselves, would pour out their hearts, would make space in their heart, that they would receive more, that whatever it is that they need from God, they would receive, that over the next couple of weeks and the next couple of months, that you would keep stretching me for more, believing God for more, reaching for more, because you're the God of more than enough in Jesus' name. Now, if you receive that, Let's give him a shout of praise.